BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I am joined today by Chanel Ayan, my gorgeous co-star from Housewives of Dubai. And I think the one person that none of you thought I'd be sat here with today. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Ayan. Thank you so much, Caroline Sambri, for having me. That is true. No one would have seen us sit together, but here we are. We are. She, she'd probably be wearing that bird last year. But anyway, well, she is wearing the bird, but wrapped around her head. Yes. So, Chanel, I invited you here today for, well, many reasons, really. One is that we are obviously making strides in our relationship. And the one thing that was pointed out to me this, this season was that you and I probably have more in common than we knew, which made me laugh because I was like, okay, yeah, not really. <laughs> but as time has gone on, and I don't want to give anything away, we have found out a little bit more about each other and that we do have some similarities and everything else that we've, we will, you will see come alive in season two. Yes. But why I invited you here today was we are a relationship podcast and I'm fascinated really by the life that I'm, you know, learning that you had to the one that you have now to being married to a little... I can say this white, tiny Idaho boy yeah. um, moving to America. And it's just so, I don't know. It's just, I, I find it so hard to reconcile in my own head because of the way I picture you growing up to where you are as we sit here today in your beautiful offices with pictures of herself everywhere, of course, and sort of reconciling that whole journey in my head. And I can't even imagine how it must be for you. So, um, welcome. Ah, thank you so much. Yeah, it is definitely a long journey from where I come from to where I am right now. Like sometimes when I walk into the office, I literally look at myself, how gorgeous I am. And I just literally touch myself and pinch myself because I can't believe it. Because I literally grew up very differently, as you know, compared to how you grew up. I grew up in a very small village in Kenya. And there was literally like one school, one gas station, barely nothing around. Okay, nothing so, around. I mean, it's so hard to picture. So you're going to have to draw it for people. Yeah. 
So in my head, I've been to Africa yes. and I've been to see the Maasai tribe. That's as much as I've seen for about a month. I, I went for a month. I was meant to go for a week and ended up staying for a month. Oh, I absolutely that's nice. loved it. Loved yes, it, believe it Maasai's or not. Maasai's are beautiful people. They are. But that's all I've seen as a village. Like, compare it to that. Like, I mean, same. you know, like, same. So if you see how Maasai village is literally how my village was. So like huts. Huts, yeah. My, I grew up in a hot house that we built as our kitchen because in the summer, it gets so hot and inside it's mud really huts. cold. Yeah, mud huts. We actually put the mud in the house, me and my brothers and my I've sisters. I've done that. It's cute, right? Yeah, I've done that. It smells like cow shit, but… It, it is cow shit, I thought. It is. It is <laughs> cow shit. <laughs> but it, it smells… But when it dries and it becomes a house, it's so cold that it's like a fridge. Yes, because we don't have fridge. Yes, yes. Because I never had a fridge or any of that stuff. So seeing that is where we would cool our foods in and live in it. Yeah. So just like that village you saw See, in she thinks I'm a princess, but I do travel and do all this stuff. And I actually really get into it. So there you go. I can I can get down. I'm really happy that you did get down and build a mud house. I did not know that about you. Well I, done. I have. Yeah. And I saw that they wore sort of tires on their feet because of the heat. Yes. Uh, those are your shoes? Yes, you I grew shoes? up. Yes, I grew up. Yeah, it's actually funny that you know about those. Yes. Because it's shoes that we grew up with. Like you get them from the tire cars mm -hmm. and you walk with them, supports you with the gravel, supports you not being heat with heat and stuff. It's really amazing. And they last forever. You know, like how you many, how many pairs of shoes I have now in you? I had one. I would last with it for four years. I don't think you can compare, Ayan. They're not really fashionable, but they were, they were useful. And I saw, and actually when I went, everyone wanted my shoes. I did take them off. Yeah. I, in fact, at the, my last day, I gave all my shoes that were in my bag to, to everyone. Uh, they were so excited. That's nice. But I did hear a lot about how amazing these shoes are, especially when they're made out of like lorry tires because yeah, they're they extra do. thick. Yes, yes, yeah. extra thick. Because sometimes when it rains, it kind of protects you from sliding. When it's hot on the ground in the summer, also protects you from the heat. And it's like affordable and it lasts forever. Because like someone like me who grew up with a lot of siblings, my mom would buy one and it would last me years. They only like years. You actually bought those? What people gave you those? Really? You think we have tires? Just people yes. make shoe tires and yes, just give them money? This is the privilege you have. You I think did. everybody <laughs> I didn't know there was a tire shoe shop. <laughs> they make it. Somebody has to make it and oh, sell okay. it to you. Okay. So you have to buy them. Fine. Yes. Okay. So how many brothers and sisters do you have? So with my dad or just my mom? How does your mom have them without your dad? I mean, like my dad has a lot of wives, has a lot of kids. Oh, okay. You so mean let's... like all of them together combined like siblings I have? Yes. I think I have over 30 siblings. Over 30? Yeah, three zero, yeah. Okay, so they don't have contraception in the mud huts? No, we don't. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. Yes. 30 and, 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 siblings. Yes, and in my culture, the more children you have, the closer you get to God. Wow. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about feeding them that much because God brings food. That's what my dad says. <laughs> Does that really work? Or were you I mean, all starving? I mean, it doesn't work most of the time, but it does work at the same time because look at me, I'm still alive. You know yes. what I mean? So it does work in some way because I believe in God and stuff like that. But yeah, I would not recommend that route. No. I would recommend get a job, work hard to take care of the kids that you have. Yeah. So they don't have to go through painful situations because you just want to have kids without protection. Right. Yeah. Is that a choice or is it hard to get contraception in villages or… I mean, where, where I grew up, I didn't even know there was contraceptions existed. Well, you're too, you were too young. Yeah, like, like now. Like, I don't think it's there where I still, like, my village is still, if it's really, like, changed that much, is maybe 30% since I was there, so I would not think it will be there, you know, but a lot of cities in Africa, 
a lot of places in Africa, they do have them. But yeah, when I talk about my village, I talk about the village that I grew up in. It's a very small village in a border of Kenya and Uganda. I never even thought I would live there. The most that happens is truck drivers that they pass through. I actually thought at one point maybe I'd marry a truck driver because there were so many truck drivers passing around. And a lot of girls in the village used to marry them and they would come six months, eight months, show up, bring you some dry food, dry fish, dry stuff. Like it was not a place where I thought I would be sitting right now with you and having these conversations. Okay, this is amazing. So yeah. then, then what kind of clothes do you wear? What do you wear? Uh, so clothes, of course we have clothes. Like a lot of clothes that my mom bought us is like secondhand clothes. Yeah. So it's, I think it came from America or maybe mm -hmm. Europe. They would bring them in the market and throw them around and you just pile them and go through them to find which one you like. So we would like look, get a lot of that. And most of the time, like during Eid, my mom would make us a new brand dress. And I was, it was the most exciting thing. I would wait all year long, me and my siblings. And my mom would take us to a tailor and create one look. Same material, all of us. Just different styles, sometimes all of us the same. But it was exciting if like I got a big belly button pants and my sister got a dress because we would switch. But it's still the same material. Do you same think that's pattern. why you got this love for fashion? Yes, yes. I think the reason, honestly, I have a lot of love for fashion is because I never had them. And now the fact that I work with a lot of designers and they want to dress me and I've so, I feel like I just love it because I think as a little girl, I just never had clothes that I wanted. Like I had a friend who had more than I did. She, her father would always buy her shoes, socks, dresses. And I just admired it. And, it, and I just never had it. So I think that's where the fashion of me comes from, loving clothes, because I never had it. I think when you don't have stuff, you always try to find it. That's what it works with me. So take me back to your house. So then there's like, you're in a mud hut and there's your brothers and sisters. No, my and kitchen was a mud hut. Okay. So where do you sleep? We had a concrete house. Concrete. Yeah, house. but okay. not big. Okay. Yeah. After school, growing yeah. up, how on earth do you end up in America? Or do, do you end up with Chris? I mean, this is... <sighs> this, this is really one of the best things of my life. So I think you know that I saw a movie with Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, my first movie in the world was Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was obsessed because I'd never seen a white person in my life until I saw that movie. Didn't even know they existed. So when I saw that movie... Because you had no internet. You have no nothing, right? Internet? Do you no. Think that, no, like, I'm just saying. Yes, how privileged have... do you think I was? <laughs> like, no, not at all. I'm yeah, learning. no, we didn't have internet. No newspapers. Like my, my, oh, you we, have a TV. No, we had a TV that looked like a microwave right now. Yeah. And it was powered by the gas of the car. The battery Amazing. of the car. And it was like, I think the first time I saw TV, I was like eight or nine, you know? And I watched the movie and I was obsessed with Van Damme and I would recreate stuff. So I think I kind of manifested that. So when I met Chris, you know, I was so hot. I'm still hot, but I was hot. I had beautiful boobs. And he was really gorgeous man from America. And he wanted to take me to America. And I was so excited by but that. But wait, how does that happen? He walks into your village and says, I'm taking you to America. No, no, no. He sees me because I have very good dance moves. Uh, I was on top of a zebra. A I was on top of a no, zebra. No, we're not doing the zebra one. <laughs> She's told me for a year that Chris uh, came to a show and she was topless on a zebra yes. in her village yeah. and performing for white men. This yes. is her, her words, not mine. Yes. <laughs> and Chris took her home. Yes. I actually, because Ian's story is so ridiculous in itself, yeah. believed her. Yes, you did. Um, and now I'm learning the truth like yeah, an idiot. Yeah. But anyway. 
That is true. That's what I told her for years and she believed it. But no, I met Chris through my… Actually, my sister introduced me to Chris. You met my sister. Yes. Ifra. She introduced me to Chris. So your sister introduced you to Chris. Okay. But I mean, I just, I'm just going to stop you there because I'm just trying to get… I have been to Africa, so I need to where you're from. And I need to get my head around the fact that you have actually three that I've met very accomplished. One's in London. One is on New York Housewives. Family members who've all left Africa. But I, I, I want to get out there that to let people understand. We're not talking about, you know, a city, a big city where, you know, she's just moved from, I don't know, even if it was a poor city. We're talking about a mud hut people in a village, which is basically like, and I think the only way to equate it, because I did it with um, Ayan a minute ago, was going, look, I need to understand, like, so I can picture it in my head. Is it, did you grow up like, the, I've been to a Maasai Mara village. Is it like that? And she said, yes, it is. I don't think people have quite understood that. I think when you understand that, you go, I mean, how the fuck did she even get on a plane? <laughs> like you haven't, she has never seen a newspaper. You haven't seen like other people. She didn't know white people existed. That's how bizarre it, that's how foreign it is. And that's how you have to understand it, really, to understand how far she's come to be sat here today on a reality TV show building her own beauty brand. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's true. So when I talk about Africa, let me be clear. Africa, you've been, it's rich. People have big houses, private planes, like insane wealth and stuff like that. I'm talking about where I'm from, the village I come from. To be honest, I would not be sitting here with you. Because for me, sometimes it's like deja vu. It's something that I cannot even explain it to myself. So like when you're saying like, how did I get on a plane? The first time I got on a plane, I remember it till this day. I was dating my husband at that time for six months. And he flew me for an hour and put me on a first class plane ticket. And I got out of... I saw going to the plane. You mind you, you, I've seen this in movies at this time. Never dreamt or thought ever in my life I will step into a plane. Ever. So the first time I remember Chris took me on a plane and it was first class and I sat down and they brought food and they brought this and I remember looking at him and I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I made it in life. Chris, 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 first class was wasted on her. I know. <laughs> she would have been just as happy in economy. Oh, it did. Then I found out economy. Oh. So I flew with him. I flew to Kenya to Brazil, right? And mm -hmm. he flew me in economy class. Oh. And I, I left Kenya to Amsterdam and I arrived in Amsterdam and I remembered I was in the airport. I remember I can die now. I've literally been to Europe, you know, and I, I haven't even left the airport. My, you know, I was like, I can die now. I've, I, I've made it. Then I arrived in Brazil and it was February and it was Carnival time. And everybody was on the beach naked with thongs, with boobs out. I have never seen anything like that where public women are literally sitting naked. I remember going to my husband because I was so religious the way I grew up. And I was like, I think this is where hell is. This is where hell looks like because everybody's naked here and stuff. Three weeks later, I was one of them. I was on the beach, completely chilling, living my best life. First time I ever saw a gay person in my life was in Brazil. I was so fascinated to get to know all these things. And the more I got to learn, the more I got fascinated, the more I, 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 I learned life. And my favorite thing is I never believed I would ever visit America. Like, if you told me I was going to have to go to America, I would never believe you. Like, it's like, an, like you don't fucking get it. Like, it's impossible. 
I'm beginning to understand why your relationship has lasted 23 years because she's she, you must every day was like a new day for you. Yes. Which is so is so nice and refreshing for anyone that's dated someone that's bitter and, you know, sort of over life. I kind of feel that in a different way with, you know, Sergio's youth does that for me. I think your excitement to life does that for Chris. It does. It does. Yeah. And then so you get to Idaho because I just actually had this conversation with Chris. No, because- I get to America. America. And I come from Idaho Airport. So I thought the air in Africa and America was not the same. For one reason, because it's so hard to go to America. Like who I am and even a lot of people to get visa to go to America, they make it look like you're going to Mars. They make it so hard for you to go there. So when I came out of the airport, I was like, I was like oh shit, it's the same air. You know, because I was like, oh. Then I was like, oh shit. I called Chris, I remember, like, Chris, the air here is the same. And then I was in Idaho, and I come from a village where it's only black people everywhere, right? And then I'm dumped in a town that's only white people. I cannot find anyone that looks like me. I was looking around, I could not see it. But the funny thing is, like, when I used to remember walking around and going with my mother-in-law to shopping and stuff, people would stop me and say hi to me. And it was, like, very excited, maybe because I'm a beautiful girl or maybe they've never seen anybody that looked like me, right? But, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it was impressive. Idaho is still, like, one of my favorite places in the world. Now I think we have, like, 10 to 20 black people there. I think that's amazing. Like I was saying, because I I was asking Chris how progressive, you know, Idaho is. I, I maybe had a different view of it, too. To end up and be the first black woman in Idaho. And the way that they all came up and sort of welcomed you. Yeah. And, you know, these this must have been your first days also, like, getting dressed fashionably. Like, do you, did you dress fashionably no, no, when you no, got there? I, no, How did no, it work? No, no, I don't, I was, I don't think I was the first black, uh, black person in Idaho because I just never saw anyone when I was there, living there. I never met anyone. It took me months to find one that would help me do my braids, <laughs> literally. And I was so happy. I became best friends with her until today. But I didn't have fashion because I, I went in November and I had sandals and it was winter. So I started to see snow and I never saw snow in my life. And I was with sandals. And I remember Chris' mom going to Chris, you need to get your wife boots. But I'm like, with sandal Havaianas in the winter, in the snow. I remember seeing snow and I was like, wow. And I was putting my face like this. We were in our cabin. We were in our cabin. And I was putting my face like this and having snow reach my face. And I was so impressed. Like, things impress me. I'm very impressed by things I never saw or experienced. And I think that's what makes my life really interesting for myself. Anything makes me happy. Simplicity makes me happy, you know? Like, and I loved that. Like, I loved, like, snow. Do you understand? We never, I I grew up in a place we didn't even know there was ice in the mountains. And then here I am where there's ice and snow everywhere. Do you know how epic that is? No, I mean, uh, the whole thing is, yeah, amazing. What a change. So, so, So when you get there, I mean, also for like at this time, what it's 20 years ago now. So, you know, it's, there's not, not many people would sort of having interracial relationships as well. Like, yeah. So how was it for like, were you accepted for, by Chris's mother straight away? Like, no. No. No, no. This is the thing. Like my family did not want me to marry him because right. in our culture, we're not supposed to marry people outside our realm. So it was very hard for them to accept Chris. Chris' family was hard for them to accept me because I was this 18-year-old girl that comes from a village that does not speak good English, yeah. that does not understand life, does not know how to 
eat soup well with a spoon while she's like, have you ever seen Stepford Wives? No. My mother-in-law is like this bougie oh, woman. Yes, sorry, like yes. she's like head to toe perfect every single day. And I would just come in like different, you know, and she did have a hard time because her son is very well educated, you know. He comes from a good family. I'm like from a village, does not speak English. She didn't understand what I was saying most of the time, you know. And definitely she was not happy about that at all. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether you've been a little unsure about the direction of your life or the path to choose, it's not uncommon at all. And every single person has been through it. And making challenging decisions where the way forward seems really unclear. I mean, I think, you know, we I was discussing this actually yesterday with Sergio. You know, he was definitely unsure of what his life path was when we met. And, you know, when I was getting divorced, I was definitely unsure of what my path looked like. And, you know, you're contemplating different places to live, career choices, navigating relationships, or any aspect in your life, really. Therapy really can be your guiding light. It helps you stay connected to your true desires and empowers you to move forward with confidence and a renewed sense of excitement. So I wanted to take this time to share with you something that I thought could impact many of your lives, including mine. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's good for anyone, even for uh, personal growth or just positive coping skills, especially with the world we live in with all the social media and all of this sort of stuff. It's just nice to have a third party and sort of somebody that can give you the tools to create a fulfilling life. If you're thinking about starting therapy, let me introduce you to BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform designed to make therapy convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's as simple as filling out a form and a brief questionnaire, and they'll match you to a licensed therapist who aligns with your needs and preferences. The best part is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map. With BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com forward slash divorced not dead today. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash divorce not dead. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp because we believe with Divorce Not Dead that we want to put you on the path to also live your best life. Let's get back to the show. Are you going on date after date and still not finding the one or getting a text back? Well, you're probably doing something wrong. And I am here to tell you exactly what that is. I'm Lindsay Metzler and I host We Met at Acme. It's a dating podcast that gives you all the rules and guidelines that you need to date successfully. Hey, it worked for me and now I'm married. So you really should give it a listen if you haven't already. And you can also hear the horrors of dating. Everything that you want to hear is in We Met at Acme. So check it out. So take me through just a minute. You start dating. How long did you date before you decided that you were going to get married? Oh, I had to get married to him to go to America for the paper. Ah, so you did it for the papers first. That was regardless. You were going to do it. I think we got married first because I needed to go to America, right? And visit your family, right? But we did love each other. But yeah. I think that was the reason why we got married. 
20 years ago because we wanted to be with each other and I I needed to travel to visit America because I couldn't go to America with my Kenyan passport. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, I could go, but with a visa, I needed visa in it, right? Yeah. So we did we did get married because we loved each other, yeah. but I needed to visit, to live in America. So when you got married, but like you… We didn't you, have a wedding. Okay, so you didn't have a wedding. No. So you went home and now you're married and you meet your mother-in-law. So yes. she must no, have had a heart no, attack. No, no, this is funny. So my husband sends me to Idaho on my own. Oh my God. To meet his mother. Does he have a death For wish? the first time on my own. Without him there for oh six my. weeks. Well, I'm sure because he doesn't want the wrath of his mother. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, get yeah, on with it, girl. Yeah. So I le- I arrived there and I remember very well because I do my clothes hand washing, right? So she found me in my bathtub washing my clothes with my hand. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my hand wash clothes. And she goes, we have a machine to do that. And so she took me to put my clothes in the machine and it washed it. And then she dried it. Do you know how... <laughs> Impressed I was by that. Oh my God. <laughs> what was Chris thinking? I know. And then, this is funny. So every night, Chris' mother loves red wine, right? Yeah. I've never had alcohol because I grew up very religious. So every night, they would give me a glass of red wine with food. So I would be so dizzy. I would be throwing up. So I thought she was poisoning me. I was like, what is wrong with this woman? Every night she tries to poison me. And I'm like, but she's drinking the same thing. Why is she not sick? So I didn't understand it. So I would call Chris. Chris, Chris, your mother is trying to poison me. You need to come visit me, right? Remember? Where was Chris while this was going on? You need to come visit me? What do you mean? He was working. So I left. He sent me to his mother by myself for six weeks before he came. Yeah, a clever boy. Very clever for me to get used to his mom. And then his mom would call him and be like, Chris would call his mom. He's like, why? why what's going on with Ian? I'm beginning to see a lot about Chris. Thank God we're not on a <laughs> desert island with Chris because it's definitely him for himself first. <laughs> yeah. His mother is like, Chris is like, what are you doing to my wife? And he's like, I give, uh, Chris is like, oh, my wife has never drunk alcohol. Like, that's why she's feeling sick and she wants to throw up. Can you not give her anymore? She thinks you guys are poisoning her. Then her mother is like, we're not trying to poison you. This is normal in America. You have red wine at dinner. And I'm like, yeah, but this is not normal to me. You know, so she had to understand me and I had to understand her. Right now we get along so well. Like so well. It's only taken 23 years, 22 and a half. (laughs) So well done, I am, for that. Breaking the barrier. So was there ever a time where both of you looked at each other and gone, you know, in the real, because a lot of people fall in love, right? A lot of people fall in love on a holiday. I always say it's a bit like ski instructors. Yeah. Right? They don't travel well. Yeah. So, like, you know, you meet on a, a holiday, he, you come back, you get back to your real world and you go look at each other and go, what the fuck do we actually have in common? How is this going to work? Was there ever a point you were going, we've made a massive mistake? No, honestly, I never, ever thought I made a massive insta- mistake with Chris because Chris is, you know him, he has such a no, good, both of kind you, heart, of right? But at some point, I used to be like, we come from so much different backgrounds, yes. right? Like he had, I had to make sure he understands my background. He had to make sure I understand his background. And sometimes we'll bat heads because my background doesn't do this. My my culture doesn't do this. And he doesn't believe in things that happens in my culture. And I'm like, and your world is different from my world. You know what I mean? Because you take two people that are not supposed to be together, not supposed to be together, and you put them in the room from different backgrounds, different culture, different religion, different everything. And it's supposed to work. Well, no, you know? it's not supposed to work. That's the problem. It's not supposed to work. Yeah. So, but it's worked. It's worked. I mean, we, we've been married 24 years. We've been together for a long yeah. time. We've had our ups and downs as every re- relationship you've had. But did Chris ever go, oh my God, 
you know, this is just too different. You know, I thought that, you know, no. you eat differently. You, you've you got, you know, like everything is different. He's never gone. He never at the beginning went, no, what the fuck no, have I done? I used to be what the fuck. I think he was more interested in everything. I think my husband finds me very interesting in so anything I like do. So you're like a science project. Then. Yes. Okay. Yes, he loves anything <laughs> I do. Like literally, the first time I remember I ordered chicken, I wanted to eat it with my hand. Chris is like, no, this is how you cut it because we were in a five-star restaurant. So what Chris really wanted was a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he got, yeah. he got, he got yeah. an 18 year old. He got, one. He he got, got one. Yeah, he got yeah, one. Okay. But like in, like in marriage is different. Like me and Chris, we've gone through a lot. Like you've been together forever, right? Chris has up, watched My together. Fair Lady one too many times. Yes. And he's done everything but stick marbles in yes. your mouth, I think. Yes. And that's coming. Yes. I want to do that to you, actually. You should. Yes, I will. Yeah. But actually, I'm still, I'm very impressed because I'm still very impressed by, by all of it because you're right. I hadn't even thought about like the washing machines. Yeah. The thought of watching your mother-in-law find you in your bathtub washing your clothes like that. Yeah. And, you know, and you've got a lovely washing machine downstairs. Yeah. But I didn't know we had one. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, of course not. How would you? You wouldn't even know what one was. Yeah. It's amazing, Ayanne. Yeah. It's amazing. And the yeah. fact that you have made this work through through the years. Um, what do you think the secret is? Because to, to a happy, long relationship like you guys I mean obviously everybody has ups and downs yeah, everybody wants to kill somebody yeah, at some stage yeah. of the marriage but yeah. you guys look pretty good and I always say that you know you are one of the craziest women I know so if True. he can manage to um you know she doesn't cook she doesn't bloody cook they have three meals a day out I've just asked him actually how much <laughs> he spends on takeaways a month because I'm fascinated I've yeah. got three teenage boys and it kills me on a weekend yeah. so I can't even imagine what they spend in a month I mean when you're this pretty you can't do everything. Like I'm here building an empire for Ayan Beauty. I'm here working hard 20, 15 hours a day. Like I also have to cook, take care of him, do him, blow well, him. I am beauty's it's a lot new. of job. I am beauty's new. No, Ayan Beauty's been on a, uh, we've been working with it for a year and a half. Like yes. getting everything. And you've been married 23. Yes. So that's not an excuse for you not feeding him for 23 years. I, yeah, that is true. Yeah. But I don't think you need to feed a man. I really don't think you need to feed a man. I think well, that's he's still just, here. Yeah, he's still breathing. He's still alive. I think it's it's a perception like, oh, men have to be fed. Men have to do this. No, you don't have to do that shit. I think that is important for, for everyone is the connection. You can clearly see the connection. But I think also, I mean, now you're business partners too, which adds another layer of connection. But I think one thing I see is the fun that you guys have and the fun with it and the jokes that you make. Because, you know, I used to, when I met you, I was like... <laughs> You are one of the most conceited people I've ever met. What does conceited mean? Not a good word. Um, (laughs) Conceited people I've ever... It means up your own ass. Oh, I do have that. It means like you don't need someone to tell you you're beautiful. No. Um, And even if we wanted to, we wouldn't have time to because you've you've announced it before we've even sat down. Yes. And now I'm understanding or trying to understand. So I'm, I'm going back to that girl in my head like because I've never met someone. And who's with, so confident. Who's that confident? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where does that come from? So Somalis are very, you're brought up differently. They brought up telling you you're the most beautiful person ever. You oh, know? so if I go to Somalia, every Somali beautiful. woman thinks, yes, they, I, yeah, we are really beautiful people, like really beautiful people. Okay. Like look at Iman. Okay. Amazing. Look at uh, my Uba that's now in New York housewife, who's my family. Mm-hmm. It's like really beautiful. Like, I'm, like it's beautiful, you know. Sabrina Elba, my cousin that's married to Idris Elba. She's gorgeous as hell. Like Somalia are really beautiful people. But also I just think that because I've been a model my whole entire life and sometimes I would go to a casting and they would make me feel like I'm not good enough. 
I have a challenge. When you try to tell me that I'm not, you don't want to book me because you Oh my you God, think, how did, I mean, I can't even, what do you do? Leap across the room and beat them to death? No, I just look at them and I'm like, you have no idea what you got. And I don't give a shit. And I walk off. Yeah. That can't have gone down well in the meddling industry. What, no, no, agent? no. It actually it worked for me because at some point I was very outspoken because I was like, you need a black girl in fashion. Everything in fashion is about black. Everything is like literally you have black mannequins. You have this, you have this. Why can't you just have one black girl in your show? You know what I mean? I didn't like that. So I used to fight so hard for it. And now I've built a place in Dubai where we have like 10 black models in shows. When I was the first one, you know what I mean? And that makes me really happy. So I think it's just because when people try to put you down and then you start to think, I would go to the mirror and I'll be like, am I not that good enough? And then the mirror will be like, no, bitch, you are fabulous. It talks back to me. You're great. You are amazing. So I just don't listen to the outside noises. And who, who better to tell you you're beautiful than yourself? Do you let Chris tell you beautiful? Or Chris do you... tells me I'm beautiful all the time. He Even does. my son, yeah. Did that work against you? Like did, when you have modeling agencies that you work for and then you become a difficult model, like is that, does that not make you a difficult, people just was like, she's really difficult to work with? No, I never got, I was difficult to work with because when I do my job, I'm the best at what I do. So people really loved to book me because they knew they would get what they needed out of me and more. I always gave more. But difficult doesn't mean you're difficult because maybe they're difficult by understanding you. So being outspoken and saying what you want and how you feel and what you need doesn't make you difficult. That's what I thought. I needed to say what I needed and what I want and how I can get there to give you what you need. Because when I'm doing a job and I'm booked as a model, I give 150. So that's why they always rebook me because I do my job and I give them what they need. But also I'm not going to sit there and, be, and not say what I need for myself. I mean, I think it's an amazing way to be, actually, and more women should be like that towards yeah. their, for their children. I mean, maybe like take yours down five notches might be better, but I don't no, think add need... five more notches up. <laughs> I don't think you need to walk into a room of people you don't know and announce you're the best looking person in there. Yes, but, you should. But because I do you do like... it, you do it silently. That's the difference between me and you. You walk in and you're like, oh. Do you like my dress? Do I look good? And we'll be like, yes, you do look good, Caroline. The difference between me and you, I'll just walk in and be like, I look so good in this dress. I announce it and you ask me. And that's the difference. But you still feel the same way as me. No, I think ours are a genuine question, right? Yeah. Or a genuine thing. I, look, I, do, I am not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. I'm just saying that I, w I would love other people to have a bit of the confidence that yeah. you have. I think it's great, again, coming from where you are because... You know, it hasn't put you on the back foot, which actually you would think, it. you know, you might be a little more timid, like look at how they grew up or that. And if anything, it's made you more of a bulldozer. Yeah, I feel like I'm powerful. Like, look at me. I literally started a makeup brand. You know, I just started, I started Iron Beauty because I believe in myself more than anything. I believe that I'm capable of, doing more than I sh than 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 not doing. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Like I always believe that I'm going to be somebody. I always felt like I'm going to be bigger. Like I really believe in like everything I do, I do it the best possible I can give. Energy, love, affection to it. So like even now with starting my business, I feel like I'm giving so much love to it because I know it's going to make people I want to have millions of irons that love themselves. 
I want every, everybody to wake up and be like, I love myself. I care about myself. I, I don't have to wait for somebody to tell me that. Because if you love yourself and your inner yourself, do you know how beautiful that is? You don't need anybody's approval. I love that part. Yeah. I'm not sure I want, I'm ready for million of I am. Yes. Yes, but millions, I do, millions I do, of I do love that the they part. love themselves and care about themselves and feel good about themselves. You'll, you'll become one of those like superstars that has all their little like mini Hiltons and their mini, you know, what are they called? I love that. Britneys and what should I call mine? I don't know. Well, little irons, I suppose. Oh, I like that little irons. And I do think we've been through all this from last season and on reunion, so I don't want to drag it all up, but you've been through some really adverse times in your life and you've come through the other side, what I, you know, for those of you that didn't or aren't aware, Ian had female mutilation as well when she was very young, which she's gone into a lot. So, you know, today we're doing a different type of podcast. Yeah. But what I am impressed and again about that story is, you know, obviously is that you've come out the other side still not beaten by any of these things, no. by growing up where you did, having the things that happened to you the, the way they did. And not feeling bitter about the world. And I think it's a really important no. lesson because I know very privileged people who have woken up with a lot less happened to them, who have turned into victims of their own circumstance, which actually helps nobody. No. And you can't move on. No. And, you know, if all of this comes to fruition, which it will, you know, you deserve it because you've done it with grace and with, you know. Thank you. Well, with grace and with humor. humor. Yeah. With humor. You know, and I think humor and self-belief, and I just did this on, on one of my last podcasts, is saying about confidence. If you can teach confidence and you have humor in life, yeah. you can get through anything. anything. That is true. You anything. can get through anything. Yeah, I believe that. Like for me, I've been through... I feel like sometimes I've been crushed by mountains, right? And I feel like with all that that's happened to me, I always try to find things that make me happy. You know, like even waking up, seeing my son in the morning, uh, seeing my husband, coming to the office and work and things like that. It gives me a purpose because what am I going to get beating myself down? And feeling down about myself. I try and say you know, that all the time. I can't. It, it, it gets you absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. Ignoring a situation, yeah. Uh, yeah. not facing it head on, yeah. not dealing with it. Yeah. All it does is eat up you. Exactly. You can't make, you become stuck. Yep. And none of this would happen. Yep. Because no. she could sit in a corner and say, you know, I'm from here. I don't have anything. What am I going to be? You know, these people have more money. Maybe they've more chances. There's better supermodels. There's this, there's that. And someone, you know, I, I don't know, somebody else has a makeup line. Mine's not going to work, but she doesn't. She tells herself that she's going to Believe be... Believe myself. Yeah. Yes. And because of that, and I'm a huge believer in that, like a huge believer. It's not, it's called, it's like, you know, no one else is going to believe in you like you believe in you. Period. Yeah. That is what I think. Like you have, like I believe in myself. If I fail, that's fine, but I'm never going to give up. I'm always going to be there. You know what I mean? And I feel like life gives you lemons, make it lemonade out of it. You know, like for me, it's like I'm taking a big chance with Iron Beauty, like a massive chance I've ever taken in my life, right? Of course, there's so many makeup there, but because I believe in myself so much and I believe what I have, I'm going to go for it. And if I'm going to go for it because I see it. I see it being so big. I see myself going to be a billionaire like Rihanna Money. 
That's how I believe in myself. Of course, we've gone through like building the company. Now I, I was telling you about insurances, about these things that I didn't understand before. But I'm learning it. You cannot beat yourself down because you're going through something. Get up. Make something out of yourself. Make a life out of yourself. You have one life. You cannot come back. That's what I always say. And it's one step. And, yeah. you know, each step she's made or, you know, we all make as building yeah. a brand. I've been up. I've been down. You know. Yes. And you won't ever become something if you don't take that first step. And I think exactly. that's absolutely clear. Let me tell you something. There's no room for failure. No. It's just how big you get. That's true. And let me tell you, you'll, you'll find in business that you get to a stage where there's a tipping point and yeah. then you wish that you were, you were back in this office doing these days. And yes. these days when you start the business is always the most fun you're ever going to have. So be careful what you wish for, Ian. But I wish you... Think, you... I, I, I think you're right. I'm actually having a lot of fun. <laughs> you're right. Oh my God. I've watched yeah. you doing your, your cartwheels around the office. I think poor, poor Tony <laughs> and Chris. I, I can't even imagine. Tony's like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, I think she knows. Yeah. But I want to congratulate you, Ian. I um, do feel like you're going to do very well. Thank and you. I will be on your private jet going to yes. um, some island in yes. the next foreseeable future. Yes, I'm we sure. call it Ian Air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You will always get first class seats, Caroline. Yes, okay, great. Front row. Uh, thank you. And we'll tie some of the other girls to the wing. Yeah, the other ones will be on the wing, yes. Well, uh, thank you all for joining Divorce Not Dead today. I hope you have a better insight into my crazy cast member who I've yes. had a lot of fun getting to know this yes. year. And follow her journey. You can follow her at Chanel Ayan in Ayan Beauty. And on TikTok. And where else can Same. we find you? Everywhere. Just Chanel Ayan. Um, yeah, everywhere. Chanel Ayan and Ayan Beauty everywhere. And I am. Where beauty. there is internet, you what? can find me. But not in her village. <laughs> Watch this space because she is coming. Yes, coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.